Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Awesome. Awesome. I want us to do it this time, something we do often around here, and I never get tired of this, and I draw personally a lot of strength from this. I'd like for all the men of the church who would like to join him at the altar to come, and we'll bow down before the Lord and ask God's blessings upon this service today. And by the way, one of the things we will do while we're here at this altar is we'll ask God to bless the wonderful mothers in this congregation this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's just something special about men bowing down before the Lord. And by the way, I've never known a godly woman who didn't want a godly man to lead out and to be the man of faith and to be the man of God in his house. Father, we bow down before you today. And as the men of this church, we cry out to you, Lord. First of all, we have no pretense of righteousness. We ask that you forgive us and cleanse us. We know too often we're inclined to slip and fall and fail. We ask for forgiveness. We ask for cleansing. We ask for your mercy and grace upon our lives. We ask that you'd give us strength to lead our families. And Father, on this very special day, we thank you for the godly women of God in this church, the godly mothers who are here with us, the godly mothers uh, who have passed on but are responsible for us being here today. Thank you, Father. We pray a very special blessing upon them. We pray that this will be a Mother's Day uh, that will give them the honor that they are due. And Lord, we ask now that you would... Hear our hearts cry for this moment. Speak, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus Christ. Open the heavens above us. Pour out your Spirit on this service. Speak to our hearts. Make a difference in our lives. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. When you get back to your seats, please open your Bibles to the book of James as we continue our study in this very practical and wonderful book of the Bible. Our text today will be James 1, verses 12 through 20. James 1, verses 12 through 20. Now, let me bring you up to date in our study. This is what we have learned so far in the study of the book of James, we've learned this, that we're to count it all joy when we fall into the many trials and tribulations and battles that we face in life. We, as God's children, are to count it all joy. We are not to respond to the battles of life like the rest of the world. 
We are Christians. We've been born again. We are to count it all joy. You see, we know something that the rest of the world does not know. We know that God has a plan. And we know that God is up to something good. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. We know that regardless of what's going on in this world right now, because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the end, we win. And friends, we can count it all joy when we know that. The second thing we've learned in this study is ask God for wisdom. In each and every battle that we face, and by the way, we face them every day, in each and every battle, when we don't know what to do, when we don't have the answer, the Bible teaches us that we're to ask God for wisdom. We're to lean upon Him. We are to trust Him. One passage of Scripture says, uh, uh, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. We are to lean upon our Heavenly Father. We are to be constantly and continuously asking Him for His wisdom and His leadership and His guidance in our lives. You see, we are His children, and He is our Father. And we are to go to Him as a faithful Father who is always ready to help us. Every day of our lives, I don't think that's an exaggeration, every day of our lives, you and I should be saying, Father, what should I do in this situation? How do I handle this situation? We should be asking God for wisdom. We count it all joy. We ask God for wisdom. And then the third thing we've learned in this study of the book of James is that we boast in the Lord. Good times, bad times. Rich, poor. Regardless of what your circumstances are in this life, we are to boast in our Lord Jesus Christ. We are to be rejoicing and boasting in that which He has done for us. We're to be boasting in Him. Now, so far in this book of James, the message is crystal clear. What God has done for us in salvation overshadows and outshines everything the world throws at us. Now friends, I'm not suggesting for a moment this morning or in this study that what happens in the world does not matter. But what I am telling you is what God has done for us in salvation matters more. In fact, it matters so much more that nothing in this world should be able to steal our joy or to take away from us what God has given to us. So in every situation, in every trial, in every tribulation, we count it all joy, we ask God for wisdom, we boast in the Lord, and we know that God has given us something that the world can't take away from us. When I was a, a young preacher just getting started, there was a very popular little chorus sung by the Gaithers. Perhaps some of you will remember this. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. This happy face that I'm wearing, you know Jesus put it there to stay. And since the world didn't give it to me, I said the world can't take it away. Do you know there have been a few folks through the years that have attended our church that got offended and left because they said we were having too much fun? Well, I'm sorry, friends. This should be the most exciting place on the planet. 
Man, if there's ever a place where there should be joy and victory and celebration, it should be here. This smile on my face wasn't always there. The struggles used to get me down. Hassles and problems from every direction used to make me wear a frown. In the midst of the storms, I found a deep contentment to help me face this night and day. You see, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. Man, I just love that. Well, well, listen, in our text today, everything that James has to say leads up to this conclusion, and this is our next point. I want you to mark this in your Bible. This is our next point. Stop losing your temper. Should I go ahead and extend an invitation? Another altar call right at this moment. You see, what we will read in this text in just a moment, James will tell us to stop losing your temper. Stop getting angry and upset with everybody and everything. Wrath and righteousness just do not go together. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That just doesn't work. And that's what we learn in this text. And because the enemy knows this, because the enemy knows full well that if he can get you all riled up, all upset, all angry, and all irritated and agitated all the time, he knows he wins the victory. So the enemy is always throwing stuff at you to get you to explode, blow a fuse, boil over, blow up, hit the ceiling, lose control, flip out, go berserk, go haywire, go into a rage, fly off the handle, go ballistic, come unglued, go bananas, blow your top, Go off the deep end, blow a gasket, run your mouth, and act like somebody who's never even met the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the enemy wants. By the way, have you ever wondered why we have so many expressions for the loss of emotional control in our language? Obviously, it's a problem. In case you haven't noticed, the enemy is always, always trying to get us all worked up. Trying to always make us mad. The enemy is always trying to get us irritated. Always. By the way, if I were to ask you this question this morning, and don't raise your hands, but if I were to ask you this question, how many of you believe in guardian angels today? Well, some of you went ahead and raised your hands anyway. It's okay. I I would raise my hand. I believe in guardian angels. But what if I were to ask you, how many of you believe in irritating demons? Yeah. Listen, I believe in guardian angels, but I also believe in irritating demons. I believe in irritating evil spirits that are always trying to defeat us. And I've known a few folks in my life, there's no way they could be that mad, that irritated, that upset all the time if they didn't have some help from the spirit world. 
I mean, they wake up mad, they live mad, they go to bed mad. You, you, you see, friends, that's what the enemy wants to produce in your life. I believe we have guardian angels, and I'm beginning to think we have irritating demons that are assigned to us. You wake up in the morning, and your demon says, I wonder how long it'll take me to make this guy mad. Get him all upset. Get him crossed up with his wife. Get him, get him in a situation where he'll embarrass himself and then embarrass the kingdom. I, I was thinking about this, and you'll have to forgive me for this illustration, but I was thinking about this. And I was thinking, man, every Christian I know should be like my little daughter, I mean my little granddaughter, Liliana. You saw one of my granddaughters a moment ago. This is another granddaughter, Liliana. Lil Liliana's a character. Is Liliana here? Good. <laughs> you, you know, I've noticed that nothing on earth bothers Liliana. Nothing. You can say anything you want to with her. It's just like water off a duck's back. Nothing bothers her. And so I decided to interrogate her the other day. And this is what I did. I said, Liliana, I said, what if somebody tries to hurt your feelings? She said, I don't care. So that's exactly what she said. She said, I don't care. And, and, and what if somebody walked up to you, Liliana, and, and, and what if they said to you, you're ugly and I don't like you? She said, I don't care. And I just kept asking her these questions. And finally I said, Liliana, what if one of your friends at school walked up to you and looked at you and said, you're just a dumb blonde? She said, I am a dumb blonde. Now, friends, I believe in humility before the Lord our God. I believe that we should humble ourselves before the Lord. But we should be so strong and so confident and so reassured within ourselves that we've been born again and the Lord of lords and the King of kings lives in my heart. And I'm sorry if you're trying to mess my day up, you will fail. You will fail. By the way, Liliana's anything but dumb. She may be smarter than most of us. Well, friends, that's what the enemy's trying to do. The, the enemy's trying to, to get us all riled up and all upset. But, but listen, do you know what God wants? God wants us to calm down. God wants us to calm down. We have an expression in my family, when somebody starts getting a little riled up, we'll say, CD. Just CD. Try, try it at your house sometimes. CD. Just calm down. Now, at first that makes people mad, but after a while they get the, they get the point. Just CD. Calm down. God wants you to calm down. L listen, nothing is catching God by surprise. Trials on every hand, Yes. Temptations coming at you nonstop? Yes. Evil and darkness everywhere you turn? Yes. But God does not want you to spend your life reacting to all of that. He wants you to spend 
your life walking with him, loving him, trusting him, obeying him, and being his child. He doesn't want you losing control every day. He wants you under control, under his control, and walking with him in great victory. That's what God wants. Now, now what James is about to tell us in this text just goes hand in hand with everything I've said, and it will bring us to that point. And, and we'll just scratch the surface this morning, but we'll get started. I'm starting in verse 12. You follow along as I read. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Let's go back to verse 19. So then, you know what that means? Based on everything I've just told you. Therefore, because you now understand what I've just shared with you, so then, my beloved brethren, who's he writing to? Christians. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And wrath is what he's talking about. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, when the Bible says be slow to wrath, it means very slow. I looked this word up in the Greek. It means dull or inactive. It, it means that you're not even active in that area. When it comes to wrath, you just don't go there. You stop doing it. God's got a better plan for your life than for you to go around getting angry all the time. Now, let's begin in verse 12, and we'll look at that first statement. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Now, I need your attention just for a moment because I'm about to share something with you that some of you need to hear. The first thing I want you to understand today is this. It is not a sin for you to be facing a great, big, huge temptation in your life. That's not a sin. You see, what the enemy will do is the enemy will place some huge, ugly, vile temptation in front of you if he can. He'll do the best job he can to get some temptation in front of you or he'll stir up some desire that's in you, your old nature, and he'll put some temptation right in front of you and then when you face that temptation, then he'll try to make you feel guilty that you're even being tempted. I've had people sit in my office before and say things like this. Pastor, pastor, I just feel so bad. I, I'm battling this ugly, ungodly temptation. I must be a terrible person. And I always tell them the same thing. No, you're not. You're not a terrible person. In one passage of Scripture, 
the Apostle Paul says, no temptation has come against us, but such as is common to man. You see, friends, when you face temptation, it's just common. It's all just common to man. By the way, the enemy is not pulling some special weapon out to use against you. He's using the same old tactics he's always used. It's just common demand. Does the Bible, how does the Bible teach us to deal with temptation? Well, one thing it says, pray that the Lord will deliver us from temptation. There are other passages that say that we should avoid temptation. But the bottom line is, we all face temptation. Every day of our lives. It's a fact of life. Satan is called the tempter in the Bible, and he's always trying to tempt us to disobey God. And we live in a fallen world, and everywhere you turn, there's temptation. And to make matters worse, you and I have a fallen nature with fallen desires that, that the enemy will use and will become a major problem within our lives. So temptation comes from the enemy, it comes from the world, it comes from within. But what I want you to understand this morning is temptation is not all bad. Not according to what I just read. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Temptation is not all bad. Temptation is an opportunity for you to pass a test. Temptation is an opportunity for you as a child of God to stand your ground, to stand in the faith, to say no to Satan, to say no to the world, and to even say no to your own desires. And say, I know what God's Word says. I know what God's Word teaches. I've been taught the Word of God. I read the Word of God. And I'll say no to that and yes to the Lord. You see, temptation gives us an opportunity to prove our allegiance to the Lord. To show Him that we love Him. On one occasion, Jesus said, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments. So when you're faced with an opportunity to disobey and you choose to obey something good that that's something good blessed is the man who endures temptation and friends when the bible says blessed is the man who endures temptation the indication is that it's something he's endured it's something he's battled it's something he's dealing with you see blessed is the man who endures temptation is an indication that you've actually battled with that temptation. And it means you didn't cave in to that temptation. Or, maybe you did slip and fall for a season, but you didn't give up, you didn't quit, you kept praying, you kept fighting, you stayed in the battle, and through Jesus' name, you won the victory. You got that thing out of your life, and you're standing strong in the Lord. And in His Word. That's what it means. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. It means there's a battle. I mean, really. Could a man call himself a boxer if he'd never fought an opponent? Could you call yourself a football player, a basketball player, a baseball player, a soccer player if you never faced an opponent who was trying to defeat you? No. You see, in the field of sports, we celebrate victory when we've won over an opponent who's trying to defeat us. Have you noticed we don't have parades and 
celebrations and trophies for people who have never been tested. You see, it's when you get tested. It's when you get tried. Blessed is the man who fights the battle, who stays in the battle, who endures in the battle, and he comes out on the other side of the battle victorious in Jesus' name. That's what James is saying. Show me a man who has fought the battle of anger and won. Show me a man who has fought the battle of a filthy and vulgar mouth and won. Show me a man who has fought the battle of pornography and polluting his own mind and his own heart and he won the battle. Show me a man who's fought the battle of homosexuality or adultery or lust and in Jesus' name, standing on the truth of God's Word, he won. Show me a man who has fought the battle of cigarettes, alcohol, and drugs and won the battle. Show me a man who has fought any battle against the temptation of the enemy and merged on the other side of that battle victorious in Jesus' name and I'll show you a man who's blessed. I'll show you a man who has great victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to this, friends. No one in this life will walk up to that man or woman and put a gold medal around their neck. They won't do it. But according to James, one day, our Lord and Savior will give that person a crown of life. He'll say, well done. You fought the battle. You endured. You didn't stop. You didn't quit. You didn't give up. You stayed in the fight. And you won. And I've got a crown of life for you. I want to tell you, there's some of you here today. And you're on the verge of giving up. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. Don't you give up for a moment. You stay in the battle. You get in the Word. You get in a Bible study class. You become faithful to church. Surround yourself with Christian friends. Tell them you need their help. Pray. Ask God for wisdom. Start counting the very battle you're in joy. Ask God for wisdom. Start boasting in the Lord. Just do what God's Word says. Do what God's Word says. And I'll tell you, things will begin to change in your life. Now... Sin is dangerous and it is deadly. And James makes that crystal clear in this text. He makes it. It's bad. It, once it conceives and brings forth sin, lust, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. James, James really nails that. But what I want you to see this morning, friends, is this. When temptation comes to sin, it doesn't have to be bad. You can win the battle. You can endure the battle. You can stay through it. You can win the victory. The reason you can win that victory is because of our Lord Jesus Christ. A little boy walked into town one day. And he was holding up a tiger's tail. He was so proud. 
He was smiling from ear to ear. He had a tiger's tail in his hand. Man, he was holding that thing up and just showing it to everybody. And there was an old man. And that old man said, What do you have there, son? He said, A tiger's tail. Oh, he was grinning. So proud of himself. He said, Well, son, where'd you get that tiger's tail? He said, I got it off a tiger. He said, well, son, just how did you get that tiger's tail off a tiger? He reached in his pocket and he pulled out a little pen knife. He said, with this pen knife, I just cut it off. And the old man said, son, if you're so bad, if you're so strong, why didn't you just cut his head off? He said, somebody already done that. You see, friends, the reason you and I can fight the battle and win is because Jesus has already done the hard work. He went to a cross, the sinless, spotless, pure, holy Lamb of God went to a cross and shed His blood there. He defeated the enemy on our behalf. I want to tell you, he made it possible for you, if you don't mind me using my analogy, with a little bit of a penknife of faith to win the victory, to win every victory, to win the battle. You see, friends, the question today is not can you win the battle? Some are fighting battles today, and the question, honestly, the question is not can you win the battle. The question is do you want to win the battle? Because if you really want to win, you can can win that battle. Isn't it time you start enduring temptation? You may not have yielded yet to it. You may have started yielding to that temptation. You may be in something that's defeating you. But isn't it time that you dig your heels in? Isn't it time you say God sent me to church on Mother's Day to hear a message that it's time right now to draw a line in the sand to stop what I'm doing, to engage in the battle, to endure in Jesus' name to take up the Word of God and to change my life based on the truth of God's Word. Isn't it time you start winning over that which is trying to defeat you? Let me bring it back to our title. Isn't it time for you to stop losing your temper and start using God's Word and behaving properly and doing what God's Word says? You see, friends, the question I have for you this morning is not, are you in a battle? The question I have for you this morning is, are you ready to win the battle? Because Jesus has made that possible. We'll pick up right there next week. It's Mother's Day. And I just want to encourage you, friends. Don't lose your temper today. 
Don't let a demon of irritation upset you. Make this a wonderful and glorious day for your mom and for your whole family. Stop losing your temper and start winning in Jesus' name. Would you bow with me, please? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.